Hey everyone, welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there is enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so privileged today because I have two incredible individuals I get to interview here on the Morning Cup, and that is Dr. Joanna Holleran and Elon Green, Dr. Green. Um, and they are doctors of chiropractic and co-owners of Momentum Chiropractic LLC in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. Since opening their practice in June of 2021, they've helped hundreds of patients overcome challenges and return to the activities they love the most. Doctors Holleran and Green specialize in treating in populations ranging from recreational and competitive athletes to prenatal and postpartum women. Their mission as healthcare providers is to promote, restore, and inspire movement within their community. In addition, they are dedicated advocates for creating informational and educational content within the healthcare realm to provide free and accessible resources. They accomplished this by publishing blogs, videos, and other forms of content discussing common body aches and pains that complaints that come from their patients to really help guide their aligned practitioners and patients alike. They also host a podcast, Momentum on the Main Line, that focuses on interviewing local health and wellness and fitness professionals in the Philadelphia area and beyond. Thank you so much both for being here today. Thank you. We're so excited to be on. Well, I'm super excited to have you and to really dive into your entrepreneurial journey, how you got here today. So if you could, in a nutshell, and then we'll dive a little bit deeper in. Yeah, so we, um, as you mentioned, we're chiropractors, um, and we started out our careers as associates um, working under a different chiropractor in the Seattle area, actually. Um, so that was about the first two or so years of our practice um, until we decided to branch off and do our own thing and start our own practice together, um, which has been quite the journey. Um, <laughs> many challenges, but yeah. worth it, definitely something I, I think we, we always kind of had in the back of our mind that we wanted to do eventually, but especially as you're entering into practice and there's so much to learn from like a clinical perspective and kind of gaining skills, let alone learning things on the business side of making sure that you can actually run a practice. So I think once we started looking into it, we saw that it was doable and, and that we could kind of build it around the, you know, priorities that we have and the values that we hold and do it in, in a way that we really kind of wholeheartedly believe in. So I think that was the inspiration and, and now we're a little over a year in and <laughs> still here and still doing well. So, yeah. And that's what matters, right? Being able to just push through all of the roadblocks or anything that comes up, but what <laughs> truly inspired you to say, okay, I really, really want to branch off and make this our own and together too. Yeah. Uh, well, I think one very cool thing about the chiropractic field in general is that you have a lot of freedom in how you can practice. Um, and I think just kind of having that realization that we wanted that full freedom to be able to take as much time as we wanted with patients and you know, practice all the techniques that we wanted to practice 
um, and do it our own way. I think that was really what ended up pushing us toward um, opening our own doors versus like working under another uh, chiropractic office that, you know, might have some different types of constraints on the way you can practice. Um, I would say that was a huge portion of what ultimately motivated us to open our own doors. Yeah. Um, that and just kind of being able to, to build something that fit into the lifestyle that we wanted, you know, it's like uh, you can, you can work for somebody, but you don't necessarily get to dictate your own schedule often. Uh, there, it's not to say that there aren't, you know, responsibilities that extend into weekends and whatnot when you own your own practice, but at the same time, you know, setting things up in a way that kind of matches your own personal priorities, it makes it a lot easier to kind of dedicate time to it and also kind of fulfill a lot of the responsibilities you have outside of it. So I think, I guess like what you probably know too, is like a business owner, like you go into it with this idea of like more freedom only to realize that like, there's a lot of work that goes into it, but that through that work, you can get that freedom that you want. So. Absolutely. I mean, that's when you're like, oh, I want to work for myself. And it ends up being like 80 hours instead of 40 hours <laughs> yeah. because all the back end stuff. But what have been some of the roadblocks for both of you as you've begun on this entrepreneurial journey? Roadblocks. There's many. Yeah. Uh, I would say um, I first thing that comes to mind is definitely just the fact that we don't have business degrees. We don't have any formal training yeah. in running a practice or running a business, uh, marketing techniques. So, you know, while we felt we had the experience clinically um, and felt that our doctoring skills were strong, our patient experience was going to be really great. Um, the business aspect is definitely a challenge in the beginning. There's a lot to learn and a lot of things you don't think about in the beginning um, that you're kind of forced to figure out and learn your strengths and weaknesses pretty quickly. Um, so that... Yeah, it's, it's an entirely... Yeah, it's, it's a new skill set and also kind of changing like, you know, regions going from the Seattle area where we had kind of gotten to know a lot of people and had like, you know, a little bit more of like established, you know, career and then coming to an area where you know her family is in the area but outside of that like I had never lived here in, in the area where we chose to practice we didn't really know many people and so you know being able to get out and and plant roots kind of starting from scratch is probably the, the biggest challenge to begin with um but I think just as you go it's like some of the challenges you you first encounter seem tiny in comparison to the ones that you end up encountering. And so you kind of, I guess, learn the process of, of being able to identify challenges, overcoming them, and then, you know, tackle bigger things. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure too, because I don't know how it is. I know with psychology, there's different tests you have to take for every state. Did you have yeah. to take a different test to, for Pennsylvania or were um, you already licensed there? I think, yeah, per state, I think it was just like a more of an application process to check the boxes. And so certain states like uh, Washington state had their own sort of licensing exam. Um, and then California, similarly, uh, Pennsylvania didn't have as much of like the, the exam portion, but you still have to qualify based on like national board pass mm -hmm. rates, yeah. which thankfully we got done before we started in a practice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? All the big tests were over just getting getting past national boards. It's like four, yeah. four different exams that are, you know. Yeah, the, well, I guess the big ones. five if you include like the physiotherapy true, true, staff, five. but yeah. So <laughs> I think that plus like, uh, you know, like Medicare credentialing and stuff like that when you change states and like going through some of the more 
like processes for, for getting the licenses. Yeah. That's, and, and then forming the business and, and, you know, going about that to make sure that everything's set up is, yeah, without help, it's near impossible. Yeah. So basically a walk in the park, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely can relate to that, how it is difficult for each state, but I'm so glad the process wasn't as strenuous moving to Pennsylvania because I know like yeah. other states are different, but through all the roadblocks, what has been like since you've opened your doors, what has been one or two client success stories that you've experienced that you'd like to share with us today? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, there, I mean, there are a few that were just kind of like, you know, really, really fun ones. But I think as a whole, a lot of them stem from the fact that we just spend more time with people. And so I guess like on a weekly basis, we often get patients, like even this morning, both of us had experiences where we had newer patients coming in who have like, you know, been like, nobody's actually been able to like sit and answer my questions. You know, it's always just kind of like quicker visits and uh, they'll say, you know, this is what's wrong and then not really go and elaborate and kind of like explain. And I think the biggest thing we can do as healthcare providers is provide explanations and answer questions to help somebody truly understand what's going on and what can be done about it. Um, so I think just as like a baseline, it's, it's really fulfilling to hear patients who express appreciation just for being able to have a provider who listens and answers their questions. Um, in terms of like some of like the fun success stories, I, I mean, being chiropractors, a lot of people come to us with back pain and like, you know, mm -hmm. I think one of the more impressive cases that I've seen was somebody who had a multi-level compression fracture uh, in their thoracic spine from, um, like a, like a benign form of cancer, meaning it wasn't like a, something that spread. It was something that was just kind of there um, that typically results with like a little bit of compression in, in fractures in those areas. And so it was about eight years ago and he was kind of stuck in like a forward flex position. And for the past six or seven years, he's had sciatic pain going down his leg that he just expected was, you know, going to be there just as part of like that whole process. And it took about uh, two weeks, I think maybe three visits over that two week period, um, before the sciatic pain essentially went away while he was sleeping, which had been there for, you know, six or seven years. And so to see something that was that chronic have change in that few amount of visits was uh, pretty impactful. Um, mm -hmm. and so I think it's things like that, like, again, where we just kind of take more time to do our evaluations and figure out, you know, what exactly is going on. And that can make the biggest difference in terms of being able to see some of those, uh, some of those, like, you know, I guess, miracle cases that, you know, you wouldn't expect to have that much improvement. So. Wow. That's incredible. Think, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. I think uh, for me, one of the special populations that I work with that I think is like always very rewarding to have um, a success with, if you will, um, are my prenatal and postpartum patients. Um, I, I love to work with pregnant women and just help them kind of make the whole experience of pregnancy a little bit more comfortable. Cause we all know that that's not the most comfortable experience as your bodies are rapidly changing and you're just kind of preparing for birth. Um, so whenever I'm able to help someone that's dealing with some sort of back pain or pubic pain, anything that's bothering them throughout their pregnancy, um, or maybe help them get the baby into a proper position um, if they are not lying in the most optimal position. Um, 
And then also just help them focus on their goals. If they want to stay active throughout their pregnancy, um, making sure that we're doing that in a safe and just very functional manner for them. Um, so that, you know, their, their birth experience and their postpartum experience is a little bit more smooth, if you will, or just more comfortable. Um, I think that those types of patients are ones that I'm, I have the most success with and, um, I just, I love serving that population, you know, they, they don't get enough attention and, and treatment. So but, but those are my greatest, most, uh, uh, proud successes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's the, uh, post breast reduction TOS type case that you solved too. Yes. Yes. All lots of different surgical, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, nerve involvement cases that, you know, don't seem to not be responding to other types of treatment that we're able to, to help, um, you know, decrease some pain and just, um, kind of improve quality of life too, yes. which is nice. Yeah. Wow. No, I think that's so important. And it's such a unique niche as well. Like both of what you do. I mean, I think it's so important too, because there's not a lot of talk, especially when women are pregnant and like the pain, I mean, I've never been pregnant, but a lot of my friends or family that have, have complained about back pain. And I think it's just so important to know that there is a specialty in that as well of really helping women in particular, but also when people have chronic pain and being able to really help them in just a few sessions that are dealing with pain and relieving that because nobody wants to live with that by any mm -hmm. means, but there's so many answers and we have amazing answers right here <laughs> um, with that being said. <laughs> but I think too, as you've moved in your journey of entrepreneurship, how has it been working together, like growing the practice together? Yeah. Um, it's funny. People always ask us like, how are you able to work with your significant other? That would drive me crazy. And I think, you know, I think that we luckily were, had a strong enough foundation in the beginning to know that, you know, we would be okay and be able to communicate well, um, while building a business. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we met in chiropractic school. We started dating like our second quarter. So like a little after like three months of even meeting and have been together ever since. And so, you know, like being in the same cohort and going through that whole process and even working for the same company, just different offices. And like, we could do this together. We've spent enough time together. We can communicate well enough that, you know, it's 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 nice. Plus it's nice to be able to kind of like support each other in, in achieving what we want professionally. Um, you know, it's like mm -hmm. if, if, you know, we're interested in certain, like pursuing certain niches or whatever, like it's nice to be able to do what we can to support each other and helping, you know, like grow that population. And um, yeah, I, I think working separately, it's harder to do that. So I think that's a, that's a big benefit. Yeah. And building off that a little bit, I think we, we definitely knew from working in the same company, but a different office. Um, we, we were on the same mission. You know, you, I think certain people have certain ideas when they um, think about starting a business, but, you know, if one person's all about trying to make as much money as they can and the other person's more geared toward maybe just, you know, being a resource for the community, 
I think if we were on like opposite page in that realm, we, we would have been in a little bit more trouble as far as, you know, being able to work with each other. But I think it became very clear to us um, throughout the beginning of our career that, you know, we were on the same page as far as wanting to be the absolute best doctors that we could be and, and like a, just a strong resource for the community and, and being involved in the community. So yeah. same, the same values definitely has helped us, you know, succeed throughout this whole process. I can believe that. And I do think it's having that solid foundation. Communication is such a key element in relationships, but being able to really support one another. I love like just the energy between the two of you. I mean, I haven't known you too long, but I think too, it's just being able to feed off of each other and really support one another, being on the same mission too, because that's what helps grow, grow anything, a family, um, a business, just energy around you as well and I think that's what like matters and I love that you guys have been able to do that successfully and continue to do that um (laughs) and so if you have any tips for anybody who does work together with their significant other what is maybe one or two things that you would say is important outside of communication Mm. yeah I mean oh man outside of communication (laughs) I know that's like the biggest one (laughs) uh I guess like, like understanding, um, well, understanding like what it is that you want to accomplish, like personally and how that fits in the, in the big picture, um, is probably a big one. I mean, the better, I guess this is involved in communication. I was going to say like the better that we understand like ourselves and, and what we want to accomplish and, and what we want to set out to do, um, the easier it is to communicate that to the other person and work together. Uh, that's, I guess that's part of it. I guess the other thing we were talking with somebody about recently just like a general tip, um, especially like when working with your partner, because like you spend a lot of time in the office and outside of the office and like doing other things, being able to kind of like separate the two. And I guess the funniest one is like, you know, if you're starting to get like frustrated, ask yourself if you're hungry. And, uh, you know, if you're hungry, then that's probably why you're (laughs) frustrated. It's it's probably not anything else. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, That was a a valuable lesson to see if we were just hungry and not actually upset with each other. (laughs) We don't, yeah, we don't quite often, but we we tend to like, like get more like frustrated when we're hungry. If it's like a longer car ride back, we're like, you know, it's just like, you know what? I think we're just hungry. We should have just gotten a snack. Yeah. Yeah. Always have snacks on hand. That is, uh, I think um, a tip that, the first few things that came to mind were definitely, and you kind of touched on this, like keeping something separate, like don't talk about business all the time. It's very easy in the beginning because it's literally all that you're thinking about, making sure that you have all your ducks in a row and everything's covered. Um, so it can just, your whole life can become the business. And it's kind of necessary in the beginning, but I think learning that balance and that separation is really important. Um, and I think over this first year. Um, and more recently, I think what we've also learned is that it's very important to be on the same page as far as mission and values um, and like overall goals and projects. Mm-hmm. However, I also think it's very important to have separate goals and separate projects to make sure that you're both growing as individuals as well. So um, while we do treat a lot of the same populations, we also have a little bit more of our own niches. Like for me, example, for an example, the prenatal and postpartum patients, that's really become more of my thing. Um, whereas like specific types of athletes are more of Dr. Green's like 
you know, your baseball players, golfers, just more specific sports um, has really become a niche of his um, amongst other things. But I think, you know, at, per, at first we were like, oh, we kind of have to do the same thing all the time. But I think having separate projects within our, you know, business has really helped us grow as individuals um, and as a business. So that has been a very uh, cool realization uh, yeah. more recently too. <laughs> yeah, you can share like a lot of similarities in terms of approach. And then, you know, the more that you kind of seek out the people that you enjoy working with the most, the more fulfilling of a career you have. And so like the freedom to be able to do that while still kind of supporting each other and working on the same project is, is yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. No, I think that's important. I think it's important to merge everything together. So like your strengths and having that foundation piece, but doing different things within the business. So it can grow to the yeah. level you want it to, but you're also like focusing on your interests within that. And I think it's important for people to recognize that too. You don't have to be doing the same exact thing. Like you can be going in different directions that like lead back to the main mission, which it sounds like exactly what both of you are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh lovely to hear. (laughs) So if you had to give somebody who might be in the same position you were when you were opening up your doors of your office, um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, a business owner, what are maybe one or two things that you each would have wished you knew then that you know now? That's a great question. Uh... Uh, I feel like in terms of what I wish I knew, it's hard to say. I feel like we we did our due diligence to like reach out to people who had pretty much done the same thing we wanted to. And so like, they kind of, like the first thing that's tell you is like all of the mistakes that they made, you know? And like all the things that they wish that they knew. I guess, um, man. Uh, so building off that a little bit, I think yeah. having good mentors is really important. Yeah. Um, I think we we both probably have a few that come to mind. So having resources that you can comfortably ask questions to, um, because like as much as your family wants to help you or, or whoever you might know that you're close to, um, sometimes, you know, it's hard to ask some questions, um, whether it be like about financials or just, you know, best practices. I think having mentors that you trust and that have different strengths so you, you know, can get a really well-rounded um, perspective mm-hmm. is a, a must. Yeah. And I think, I guess, um, I feel like I kind of knew it going in, but didn't have like an, a true understanding of like, yeah. um, like, like not everything that you like try and like set out to kind of accomplish is going to happen. Like you're going to be confronted with like more frequent failure, you know? And so, <laughs> so learning to adapt to the, you know, the failures, um, you know, when you're working with somebody else, like, and, and only focusing on like treatment, obviously like clinical experience is going to grow as you, you gain more experience with that. But in terms of like the business stuff, when you're doing it yourself and, and, you know, that's your kind of like soul, uh, you know, it's like source of stability, like mm-hmm. <laughs> getting comfortable failing and learning from those failures and, and kind of continuing to move forward and, and adapting that mindset. Um, mm-hmm at least recognizing that that's going to be a major part of it, I think would be a, a good thing to recognize. Yeah. Um, and definitely that you're in it for the long game. So like, yeah. as you encounter yeah. those um, failures, which will be frequent in the beginning, <laughs> uh, or at least it will feel that way. 
um, you know, not getting down on yourself or, or being too self-critical, which I know I was absolutely guilty of, um, like just not letting that kill your motivation or or deter you too much. Um, because ultimately, you know, there's going to be a lot of failures in the beginning and, but you've got to look at it long-term and just know that like the efforts that you're putting in, in the beginning, whether it's networking or putting out a bunch of content when you still don't have very uh, wide like patient base or just audience um it's worth it in the long run you just got to keep remembering that the long-term goal um is you know all the little things in the beginning are going to get you there have the first you know like the the dream and that 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 end goal but know that version one probably won't take you there it's it's going to be a version two and three and yeah slightly just different variations of the same yeah Well, I appreciate what you both have said, because I do think it's really about networking and asking people that have come before you of like, okay, what do I do to avoid those same mistakes and mentors in different areas within the field too, to really just gain perspective, but also knowing that it doesn't happen overnight. There is so much failure. And I love you the part about being critical on ourselves. Like it's really taking that out. Because I know I'm guilty of that. I know a lot of my friends that are in the world of entrepreneurship are guilty of that as well. But knowing there's nothing wrong with us, if it doesn't work out, like you were saying, version one, there might be version like 10 or 15. And that's okay. (laughs) But I think, you know, it keeps evolving. As we evolve, it evolves. But it's still that same end goal. Like what you're saying, that long-term piece is so important because it's not rich, get get rich overnight. It's really about helping people and building something that's going to be sustainable over time. Absolutely. Well, I've been enjoying this conversation so much, but we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions if you are both ready for them. Cool. I think so. All right. Might not be rapid. (laughs) They might not be. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, Who is your hero? You go first. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about it. I feel like, I don't know if this is like a sappy answer. I feel like, I feel like my parents are kind of my, I know. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Um, it's boy, I feel like I was thinking about it. Uh, and I just feel like any time that I've come to them and be like, Hey, I, you know, I think I want to do this. They'll be like, great, you can do it. And it's like, just that, whether it's a false sense of confidence or not, I don't know, but it gives me enough confidence to actually go pursue it. Uh, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes fear of, of pursuing something is the biggest thing stopping you from accomplishing it. So, um, having people who are, mm-hmm. you know, advocates and, and telling you, you can do it regardless of whether if you can't maybe I don't know um, but yeah no I, they're, they're definitely heroes for me so okay I don't mean to say it the same thing but I just you know when I ultimately when I think about who my heroes are you know my parents are the first people that come to mind so why not talk about them you know um just from their own life experiences you know my dad started his own business and just recently retired so it was a big big uh, step for him but you know just having that example of entrepreneurship and the the grind really and you know having your own business and raising a family um and the importance of relationships everybody knows your dad yeah yeah my dad's just he's always been that funny guy everyone appreciates his sense of humor so having that type of like charismatic leadership as an example I think is is uh um, has been really impactful for me and my mom same thing like she's such a social butterfly I you know we're we're like polar opposites but 
Um, she, not that I'm not social, but she's just <laughs> very talkative and um, is just like such a great example to me as just like a, another charismatic, strong woman. And, you know, she's done great things in her life too. And, you know, moved to brand new cities and adapted and, and has just been overall just you know, a, a wonderful, supportive um, mother to me. So I got to say that they're my heroes. Well, parents are amazing. When we have that support, I think it's so key. And like, look who they raised, two incredible individuals. And it's based <laughs> off of a foundation of how you were growing up and what support was there for you to pursue a doctorate. Because it, it's not an easy walk. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, sometimes maybe, some days, but not always. So I think that's just incredible. And I don't think it's cheesy or anything like that. I think it's incredible that you have that support. Yeah, and we're lucky that we have. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. even say that, you know. Yeah, I think so. And what motivates you to work smarter? Work smarter. Work smarter, not harder. Let's see. I think inefficiency. Like if I feel like, if I feel very disorganized or... um unbalanced I think that's a big one if I don't feel balanced in life I feel like I have to like kick it into gear and work smarter systems in some way we're also both Libras and so balance is a big big theme in our lives so when I feel off kiltered I feel um that makes me me makes me feel like I gotta check my systems and you know really kind of um, work smarter (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if you find yourself spending way too much time on certain things, maybe there's a way to do it quicker without sacrificing quality. <laughs> yeah, inefficiency is a great motivator. <laughs> I, I think so. <laughs> That's a great answer. And so if you were to be a superhero, what would be your power or powers? Uh, I feel like it's like the typical answer, but I, I feel like flying would be so much fun. <laughs> Just, just for the sake of like pure enjoyment, I, I feel like there's also, you know, like like convenience factors with it, but I just feel like it'd be a, a ton of fun. So it would be super fun. That would be the most fun superpower. Yeah, at least that I could pick up. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, I would love to be able to teleport places. Is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> I love to travel and there's still so many places in the world that I want to go. So I just feel like that would be efficient yeah that would be a really uh very cool superpower for me powers combined you can fly and transport or teleport right away i'll get there faster (laughs) you'll meet somewhere (laughs) oh that's great um so if you were to share a meal with any four individuals living or dead who would they be or eight in this case (laughs) can we have a combined table Mm. I was thinking about it um, and I've been like more and more interested. So since moving to the Philly area, uh, I was talking to my grandparents who my grandfather was uh, raised in Camden, New Jersey, which is like just across and lived in South Philly. And like the family came over from like Eastern Europe and everything. And so when I was thinking about this question, I was like, I wonder what it would be like to have dinner with like the family members who had just come over to the U.S. and like now being back in the place that they were living um, just to kind of pick their brains about the time place. I know that's probably not the most exciting answer. There's probably yeah. some awesome historical figures or like celebrities or something, but that's kind of where my head went. Um, this is how you know we're on the same wavelength business-wise and everything, because I was also thinking my grandparents that I did, yeah. unfortunately was never able to meet, um, but, okay, well, now I won't say that as much, but maybe 
I think um, I think it'd be great to have. Um, I want. I think it'd be really entertaining to speak with some comedians of different sorts. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. Um, of course, that one's coming to mind. Uh, like like a Robin Williams or or uh, or. Uh, Robin Williams would be a good. One. Yeah, he would be a really good one. Uh, Just Robin Williams. Dinner with Robin Williams. <laughs> That's it. yeah. It's perfect. Just perfect. Yeah, and <laughs> it'll be very entertaining but also getting a lot of historical information on your past as well for both of you because I think like some people do say different things but a lot of people have said like the generations before too because they think that cool. there's something so powerful about knowing where you come from and that's your history so I think that's significant so I just wanted yeah. to comment on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. and so what is the most daring mm -hmm. thing each of you have done or maybe together <laughs> I together <laughs> opening business <laughs> yeah yeah um let's see separately but also we've both done it we've done skydiving so that's cool yeah. uh, and but as far as like biggest life changes biggest leaps of faith I would definitely say moving cross country and mm -hmm. starting fresh starting business yeah it was bold it was terrifying and best move we've made yeah. <laughs> it's working out yeah. <laughs> that's what matters and what is the phone app that you use the most mm. uh, besides like text messaging yeah. uh, um, mine's reddit i reddit? yeah i feel like for the longest time i didn't think it was like a social media app it's totally a social media app um <laughs> I should spend less time on it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you learn yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like just like useless factoids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely all the addicting ones like social media. Uh, and then I'm trying to think we're talking so much about efficiency. What is, what is something I've used that's like more uh, productive with my time? Uh, I guess like we've been playing a lot of Wordle recently. <laughs> Depending on how hard the word is, that might make it one of our social media. <laughs> Information. Yeah, I would say like messaging apps, definitely email. Yeah. Not, it's not, it should be like a meditation app or something, but unfortunately, yeah. I haven't been that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's where you know the understanding where your energy needs to go, but it can be productive, but it also can be fun too. I mean, connecting with people, getting back on emails, all those things, social yeah. media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> what is the last book that you've read or listened to read or listened to um mo the most recent books that i've read i read the alchemist earlier uh, um this year how long ago was that i don't know but within the past few months uh because i never read it and you hear such great things about it and it was definitely a good read um and we both read um in defense of food Oh yeah, oh. by Michael that, Pollan. That's a really good read too. Um, yeah, big big fan of his. Um, he's like, "How to Change Your Mind" and in, in defense of food are awesome. Um, yeah. And then most recently, I just uh, read Anthony Bourdain's uh, "Kitchen Confidential." Ah, uh, yeah, a wild ride. Um, it is <laughs> super super interesting guy, but uh, I, yeah, it was it was an entertaining book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, yeah, outside of, I guess, like the clinical stuff that we're trying to, you know, mm -hmm. read those books and mix those into, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. 
Well, a good variety of things because it's all about the mind-body connection, right? Like being mm-hmm. able to like connect and just what we're eating, what we're feeding our minds, just as yeah. well as what we're yeah. ingesting. <laughs> yeah, highly um, recommend that book. It's it's definitely up there. Yeah. I, I believe that. And so speaking of food, what is your favorite family recipe? Whether it's one that's traditional or you just love making together. Love making together is definitely Christmas cookies. It's a great tradition, fun time, great memories doing that. Um, and otherwise, I think it would be um, probably a soup. Um, I don't even know what you would, what it's called. It's like but vegetables and chicken, it's like a chicken noodle soup. That would my loves. I love soups. So yeah, that's especially during the winter, right? <laughs> major comfort food for me. Yeah, I feel like I guess like favorite food that we've been. I, my parents ended up getting this like little pizza oven for their backyard years ago. And it's been like, every time we've all got together, it's been like the staple. (laughs) So it's always like when the family's together, we're just making a bunch of pizzas and drinking wine and stuff. So that's been awesome. So I, I, it's not really like a family tradition as much as like a more recent thing. Now we just kind of expect pizza every time we go visit. <laughs> like we're coming. Is pizza ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah fire great, up the oven. Great yeah. homemade pizza, and they live in Sonoma County, so the wine yeah. is always good. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> what a trip! <laughs> and so, if you were to have a movie about your life thus far, who would play both of you? Hmm. Mm, who's this? Uh, I'd say Paul Rudd. That guy is just such a gem of a human being. I, I would love to see that. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be very entertaining, but I feel like he'd do a fantastic job. Yeah. He's a great actor. <laughs> I think I'd have to go with either uh, Natalie Portman or Meryl Streep. We love both of them um, for different reasons, but I think one of them would be. I could, see similarities. <laughs> I could see similarities. Not that I personally know them, but you know, I feel like I did. <laughs> well that would be a fantastic movie um so if you had to describe yourself as an animal like personality type style what animal would you be mythical creatures or real creatures (laughs) i'll leave it up to you (laughs) um i i think phoenix is a very cool one that i always like speaking of failures and just kind of like rising up from the ashes, transforming yourself. Um, I think that that is a very, very cool animal that I identify with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess mine's less cool, but <laughs> I'd uh, probably pick a dog. I feel like there's yeah. that, like, you know, be, be the person your dog thinks you are kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I just love dogs. So if, if I weren't me, I'd, I'd probably want to be a dog. Phoenix and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good combo. You know? yeah. That's all that matters. And so if you have a day off, you're not working on your business, in your business, seeing patients, what do you like to do for fun? Pretty much anything outside. Um, Mm -hmm. When we were in Seattle, we were snowboarding like every weekend we could or out on Lake Washington and out here, especially, you know, this summer, we got these like inflatable paddle boards that we've been going to a lake nearby and just getting outside. So uh, yeah, literally anything getting outside. Yeah. Out of morning for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being staying active, I think, is important for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Preferably outdoors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I believe that. And it just helps with the body, right? Um, And so what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry? It's a, it's an interesting one. Cause it's like, I don't know, you have your own like bias of how people view your industry as a whole. I, I just had a conversation with a patient earlier today about um, how I think people kind of like mix up a chiropractor with only doing chiropractic adjustments. And so maybe just like recognition that chiropractic is a, a profession and a scope of practice that doesn't necessarily equate to only like adjusting. And so I guess the way that we kind of like describe a little bit about like our approach to things is like we have a wide variety of of different things that our scope allows us to utilize, including like, like we can do soft tissue work, we can use exercises, we can provide, you know, some basic like nutritional recommendations and, and lifestyle factors. And so like recognizing that, um, you know, as providers, we, we don't just have that like one tool, it can be a helpful tool, but you know, there are plenty of other things that we can use to help, you know, resolve issues. So. Yeah. And like, like we said earlier, there is such a uh, freedom within chiropractic, um, as far as how you can, how you can practice and the, the spectrum of different types of practices is quite large. Um, so I think, you know, um, making sure people do understand that each component of the practice is just one more tool in their toolbox, but ultimately it is, you know, a a clinical, uh, practice that, just includes the adjustment, um, but also that there there are so many populations that you wouldn't think would benefit from chiropractic that do. So, you know, again, the pregnancy and the postpartum patients, as well as um, pediatric patients also, really like newborns, infants, all can benefit from chiropractic care as well. I think it's so important, like the variety, knowing it's not just one simple element, which is not simple, but like there's so much to it and so much to unpack. But I love that you said it's the toolbox of like what you're able to do outside of just adjusting. There's so much. And I think it's important right. for people to know there's yeah. a variety. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah. Not, we're not all the same. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. Not all, we're not all YouTube chiropractors. So. <laughs> yeah. Not one size fits all. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, where can people find you, your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, website, uh, momentachiropractic.com. Um, on the website, we have links to other things. Uh, we're on, I guess, Instagram and like Facebook most often. Uh, that's at momentachiropractic. Um, we have a YouTube channel where we post some of our podcast videos, um, and a lot of like our rehab exercises, explanations for various things. Um, same thing, Momenta Chiropractic on YouTube. Um, podcast is Momenta on the main line, which you can find linked, you know, through our website. And that's been fun just because we've been able to interview a bunch of really cool people throughout this area and just kind of beyond in our network on, on some really cool topics. And I mean, like, like you're doing, it's, it's, a, it's a long form type of format. So it just allows for so much like depth of information rather than like quick sound bites and stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I missed anything. <laughs> Thank you, at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you both for taking the time today to just share all your wisdom, your journey, the ups, downs, everything in between, and your energy and your time today. So I know I appreciate it. I know everybody watching is definitely appreciating it as well.
Yeah. We appreciate, you know, the opportunity to, to come on and, you know, we got to watch a couple of episodes too. What you're doing is great. It's, it's a really cool avenue for it. Um, we had a lot of fun doing it. And so, yeah, yeah we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you so much. It was a joy. Yeah. Thank you. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway for you? And um, I'm sure they would love to see that comment as well. And we'll see you on the next video.